Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get into some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. smoke uh, that's the thing i hate about stoners is like every stoner is either like me where they're just like put it in my body it says it has weed and and the other half are like well i want to get high but i don't want to die prematurely it's like well don't get high then (laughs) bullshit um, you see, I don't want to put anything in my body that's not 100% natural. Weed is uh, from the earth. It's like some guy named Greg grew that out of fertilizer he bought from Home Depot. Yeah, and he's Shut been sweating all over it for the past three months. Yeah, I don't want to put anything unnatural in my body, but I would like to put the hands of somebody that doesn't believe in toilet paper all in my mouth because I'm smoking the weed they grew. Yeah, it's like the dude at my work that says, oh, I don't want to get the vaccine because we don't know what's in it. And I'm like, you eat Taco Bell every day for lunch and you smoke cigarettes. Don't give me that shit. List the ingredients to cigarettes. We know what's in Taco Bell. It's just all carbs. It's mostly soy. Yeah, and we also know what's in the vaccine. Mostly soy. Yeah. Mostly soy. I don't think that's I'm true. I'm just saying, the, well, you bimbo, see, the listen, bimbo 19 <laughs> Justin, Justin, what you don't understand is all these fucking lib cucks are trying to turn us all into soy boys, okay? They're trying to get rid of, rid of our testosterone. So they're filling up these vials full of soy, so that way I'll turn into a fucking queer. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, 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 just, just. All of that, that plant Just, estrogen. you don't understand. You just don't fucking understand. These cultural marxists cultural they're, marxists they're putting phytoestrogens in the water supply they're putting them in the goddamn she hemos and they're putting them in the vaccine and they're what here's what they're trying to do why may may you ask why they're trying to get me full of them estrogens and what whatnot it's because they want to see yours truly grow a big set of mommy milkers, flap it in the wind, in a big old badonka donk, in a narrow waist. And they want me to say things like, ooh woo, and I'm breedable, and dom me daddy, but I won't do it. I'm a red-blooded American man. And if I want another man to fuck me, I go to an adult bookstore or a rest rest area off a freeway the way God intended. When, as we all know, the vaccines are actually killed with soft-kill chemicals, so that way it'll be a post-human world for all the globalists, and then the globalists will live in, uh, you know, they'll be in their Mar-a-Lago resorts, and they'll be able to do whatever they want, and they'll be able to fucking breed all the kids that they want and get all the adrenochrome that they could ever need so they can stay young forever, and that way, in the post-human world, they are immortal. Good thing that I'm taking all this sheep dewormer. Side note, I've been shitting a whole lot of blood. I saw a tweet the other day that said, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. It it uh it made me made me really think that we should do this one. What ivermectin? <laughs> no, set aside fifteen million Pfizer vaccines. Pfizer vaccines. Give them a weird new name like hydrocyberzinc. Send to doctors, veterinarians, acupuncturists, etc. Viral marketing campaign calling hydrocyberzinc the secret COVID cure the government doesn't want you to know about. 
I don't care about vaccinating these people. I mean, I mean from a from a like a, a disease control standpoint. That's the, be that's, uh, the best, yeah. that's the best way to, to go about. I know, this. but what if instead? And hear me out. What if instead we just let everybody die, In including I, us? I know that you are very interested in destroying the. Human I'm not. Race, I'm Alan, not interested but... in destroying the human race. I'm interested in its destruction. Did you guys see that Owen Schroyer, the guy who runs the war room on InfoWars, got uh, got charged for January 6th? You know, people... It's, you know, he got charged, no, he got charged, and they're going through surprised. this whole, oh, he's a political prisoner and blah blah blah, and I'm like, oh yeah, he had to go to a federal prison for five hours and then he got let go. And the same thing happened to Nelson Mandela, as we all treat know. Him, treat him like a, a real, actual political pr prisoner so, of America, and kill him in his cell and then lose the footage. What the, what the, the funny thing is, is they're saying, oh, it's about, it's about, you know, blah 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 it's about this it's about that it's about the globalists blah 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 when in reality um the reason why he got charged was because he broke the terms of his release through a plea deal for uh he what the fuck did he do he uh he he in a, no, no he he interrupted he kid, a like federal like it wasn't like a senate meeting but it was like something like like that and he got ar arrested for that and in part of his plea deal said that he could not take part in any protests in washington dc and there's a video of him burning a black lives matter flag at a rally on january 6th so whatever man political these prisoner. people are stupid these yep. are fucking hog people. These are pigs. But the thing is, is it, they arrest him, whatever, he gets charged. That's just more fucking ammo for them. It's publicity. Like, they, it's they money. To... Oh, yeah, it turns him into a martyr. <sighs> Man, speaking of fascists, I think Justin's got an episode for yeah. us. I think it's time to start the show. Uh... <clears throat> hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of Worst in the Industry, the podcast where this room full of empty-headed fools attempts to rub our two shared brain cells together fast enough to create a spark to light the fire of truth and anger to bring to your ears. My name is Justin St. Peter, and, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely don't have a thing for fire. Uh, to my left... It's Kyle Stanley, and I keep my pillow in the bathtub. To my left... Uh, my name is Tyler, and on our, on our episode yesterday that we tried to record, uh, I was giving a shout out to Kanye West for finally releasing Donda and I hadn't listened to it at that point and now I did and um might be the best album of the 21st century he fucking snubbed Soldier Boy though and is that even forgivable S fuck Soldier Boy what, did, what about what, what about Chris I, Brown I, he I, snubbed I, him too Chris Chris Brown's Chris on Brown. the album but not his rap verse just his singing yeah. lyrics he wanted apparently he recorded a rap yeah, verse uh, that didn't get released. Yeah, well, you know that's that's the Kanye album. He has like nine different fucking versions of the songs, and then he mixes them all together and figures out what's the best part of each piece. And he decided Chris Brown's rap verse didn't cut it. Today, y'all, uh, it is my episode. Uh, I have decided to muscle my way back into the lineup. With a re-record of a fun little episode that I'm calling Fashion and Fascism pretty much uh, almost entirely because I like the way that those two words sound together. And I am saying re-record because the first time we recorded the episode, uh, someone who, who uh, shall, shall remain nameless. It was Justin. Justin uh, St. Peter. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's we can. There's, there's time to, as, as Ronnie Chang says, there's time to point fingers later. You know, the, now is the time for, uh, for positive thinking. No, we're and, gonna point uh, fingers. I'm no, pointing fingers. Yeah, it, was my, it was my fault. I, I, actually, I didn't save my third of the episode. Um, so you'll, you'll get two episodes this week. Thanks for bearing with us, everybody. Uh, fucking, anyways. Um, we're, we're going to have a nice little episode today about Hugo Boss and Coco Chanel, uh, two absolute goddamn wastes of oxygen from the 20th century who benefited greatly from both the rise and the fall of fascism. 
along with a smattering of info about the state-controlled fashion industry of Mussolini's Italy, and uh, we're, we're going to touch lightly on the subject of the uh, quote-unquote denazification of Central Europe after World War II. And quote, how unquote, it didn't unquote, fucking unquote, work. Unquote, 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 unquote. Yeah, a lot of a lot of quotes there. I I just want to start the episode by saying that I imagine Hugo Boss as Tim Gunn, and he's just like, make it work. Yes, <laughs> yes, Queen, make it work. Make it work. It's it, make it work. Yes. No, but it's less flamboyant because Tim Gunn has like that deep celibate list. So he's like, it's he's still got like make it work. Yes, yes, make it yeah, work. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely like yes. a German Tim. You gotta Gunn. you gotta talk like you have milk in your throat. That's not a right, nope. that's that's not a, a a sting at Tim Gunn for being gay. It's just how you sound when you're German and also Tim Gunn. And now, Boss by Hugo Boss is a, a massive name in modern-day menswear over here in America. Um, you know, anyone who dresses masculine knows the name, whether or not we can afford it. And that is an important distinction to make, because one pair, one, count them, one pair of trunk-cut underwear, the superior cut of underwear, I might add, trunk runs cut? about $30 before shipping. Fuck you. <laughs> runs about $30 before shipping on their website. Um, now, it is, it is minimum $48 for a single-color t-shirt. Uh, which is not what anyone would consider to be accessible clothing. It's you not can't a... pop tags on it like you can at the fucking thrift store. Either. I'd like to circle it's back. What defines about... trunk cut? Oh, what defines trunk cut? It's uh, so trunk cut is it's it's a lot like a boxer brief, but it's not brief cut on the front. It's not a flat front. It's 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 there is a pouch. You see, your... I I assumed that trunk cut just meant that there is a sleeve in the center for your penis oh god no that would be wildly uncomfortable well you know like i when i think trunk i think elephant elephant trunk trunk cut sleeve in the dick dick of the sleeve i can see the connection when i talk it through it makes sense when i actually when I, you know i, yeah, you know, I when find you, when, you, when you write your math out i find when you explain jokes they get funnier that's what i find yes Yes, no, it makes it much more accessible. What's the, the deal with observational comedy? It's not funny, and I don't have eyes. I'm Jerry Blindfeld. <laughs> when we consider the roots of the company, we must once again, as we so often do on this show, return to turn-of-the-century Europe and the birth of Hugo Ferdinand Boss in 1885 in Metzingen in the German Empire, having the distinction of being a part of the generation that would fight in World War I and embittered and damaged by their time in the trenches and yearning for the very romanticized authoritarianism of their youth would see to the rise of fascism in Germany in the 30s. And soon we will get to play Wait, Tim Gunn's Hugo, Hugo Boss <laughs> Did some World War One and its consequences? No, did something happen in nineteen thirties, nineteen thirties Germany that I'm unaware of? Dad, there was an enormous on who you ask. An enormous fashion boom. Khaki was in. Leather oh. coats were in. Was boots. double yeah, was khaki? Was double khaki in yet? Khaki pants, khaki shirt. Yes. You know, lots of double khaki. Wow. In were fact, there any they, they very have... finely tailored jackets too? Of yeah. course, they, a, lot, a lot of that in North Africa with too. skulls on them. There were so there was so much khaki they actually had to export a bunch of it uh, to Northern Ireland. And, oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh man. <laughs> Northern uh, Ireland, I... parts of the Midwest and East Coast in America. Uh, <laughs> uh, lots of Didi lots... Ramon's house. The Ukraine. Yo, a lot of that in Didi Ramon's house. Didi, there's a huge, there's a, there's a whole pin on the map of where fascist clothes went, and it's just Didi Ramon's home address, his childhood address, and. <laughs> Hugo Boss performed his mandatory military service from 1903 to 1905, uh, and then went on to take over his parents' lingerie shop in Metzingen, oh. uh, as he had only one other sibling who survived infancy. Yeah, that happened a lot back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, all yeah. the time. I love 
I love the women's undergarments, and I love wearing them around and looking at my big hairy ass. I just want to know, what did lingerie in 1903 Germany look like? Oh, it was like? made of, like, barbed wire and leather straps. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not too different, uh, but, you know, it's there was there was a lot of leather involved, uh, a lot of, lot of lederhosen, you know. It was like a lead bar that you had to bend around your tits until they turned purple, and on the back there was a buckle that just had a needle, like, just pointed perpendicular through it so you had to jam it in to get the whole thing closed no you're thinking of the berliner model same thing that's <laughs> no, very different ich bin ein berliner yes you are a jelly donut ha <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking goddamn regional thing yeah i know kennedy was fucking inbred and stupid <laughs> and had fetal alcohol syndrome but if he <laughs> was one thing it wasn't not a polyglot <laughs> It's, yeah, no, he definitely did not know how to speak any other languages. He was real good at not speaking other languages. Ich bin ein Berliner. It's, I, I bet you he knew enough German to get laid. Yeah, I mean, he, now, yeah, he <laughs> fucked a bunch of people that his dad did, and his dad was uh, a Nazi. So he said, Guten Tag, El Presidente, and that's all he needed to know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Fidel Castro, he's plunging the world into an un unprecedented period of me not getting laid the pussy dried up and i'm going fucking crazy i can't get over to havana to get some poon and it is driving me nuts my wife is gonna kill me i keep driving around with the top down on the convertible then it just flashes to jackie o in the fucking texas school book depository i i showed i i got to see that car today dude oh yeah yeah, it's they have it at the Henry Ford. Have you Fuck. seen that you in in Ford Dallas museum? at the yeah. at the place where he got shot? There's a giant X there's, on the pavement. There's an X painted. And in people the of the people Tealy run Plaza. out. People run out to the fuck in the middle of traffic to take pictures on it. And I'm like, God, I hope you get hit by a fucking Dude, car. I'm, How hilarious! If I ever, if would I ever, that be? Don't pretend that that's not gonna be awesome. If, if I ever, ever go to Dallas. Dallas, that's the first thing I'm doing. I'm like, take me to the spot. No, I'm going to the Texas School Book Depository. No, you I'm have gonna get, you go up I'm there with a get telescope, my, and I'll go down in the street and no, reenact gonna, it's, it. It's not going to be a telescope. It's going to be a telescopic sight on a 30-06. They actually rope off the window, so you can't actually look through it. Like, you can't get right up on it. Yeah, and you know what? I, Colin, I'm already planning on killing you. What? If we kill, like, two more people? Like, I, and I, I, like the, I like the idea... <laughs> That like I would be down there like shoot me shoot me and then you'd like you get up you'd be like there's no way he actually did it and then just take the shot fucking blow me away <laughs> just... Jesus Christ <laughs> oh yeah well he made the shot and then Justin's gonna be like it came from the knoll no no Justin <laughs> has one of those big surveyor fucking meters because he's trying to get the trajectory of the shot measured perfectly <laughs> so that we can confirm whether or not it was doable. He's got Did a you guys see they actually uh, they actually recreated the the sound like officially from that day because there was like some sort of police thing there that recorded sound. No, yeah, no, and, no, like, they did a, they did a whole uh, acoustic analysis on it, and the shot, the final shot that killed him, did not come from the school book depository, according to that. Oh, it came yeah. from the fucking secret service. It came yep. from the secret service, as we all know. It. So I literally I was telling my girlfriend that today while we were in the Henry Ford. You were Ford. screaming her. Uh, you screaming at her about that? Yeah, no, I was I was talking way too loudly about the Kennedy assassination. People were definitely looking at you. Me. Had your, you had your you had your Bud Light Lime tall boy in a fucking. Paper it, I was. Bag. I was literally standing behind the beast and pointing up at Reagan's uh, limousine, which was about the same distance in front of it that the the the, the Secret Service escort car would have been. Yeah. And I was—I literally pointed out to my girlfriend. I'm like, "Here's the trajectory of the shot that would have killed him." It makes sense. Like, this is this is where the Secret Service agent domed the fucking president. I think it was actually a CIA agent. He did what? I think what, it was a plant. He had I think the what, CIA what Colin called. Uh, he had what Colin called an oopsie. I think it. I, I think it was on purpose. Now I really do. I think they. I, I think mean, they killed the president so on we, purpose. We don't have time to get into this conversation right now. It's just so fucked really up. Care. They killed the president in front of everybody, and nothing happened. Oh my god! I understand why all the old people are crazy. I get it. I fucking get it, man. Anyways, 
right. Colin, get off Twitter. We're <clears throat> deleting your Twitter. I'm not even on Twitter. I'm barely on it. We're getting. A, we're we're deleting your. Twitter. All I'm doing is read like half my fucking time. All I'm doing is reading books and listening to music and trying not to kill myself. Okay. <clears throat> well. Now, uh, <laughs> after being remobilized in World War I, uh, Hugo Boss would eventually start a factory of his own in 1924 with financial support from two other manufacturers in his hometown, which would eventually be commissioned to produce a batch of brown shirts for, guess who? Was it the brown shirts? I don't know, who shirts? wore brown shirts? It's, you know, it is, it is absolutely crazy that uh, you would get that on the first guess. Yeah, it, it was the brown shirts. Um, Interesting. Now, that business would eventually fold, uh, leaving Hugo Ferdinand Boss with naught but six sewing machines and agreement with his creditors uh, to work in a limited capacity and his membership to the National Socialist Party of Germany. It's a, Germany. It's a, Germany. It's a real dingy swastika because he's hit hard times financially. It's, it's not as shiny as it could be. No, it's, uh, it's a downtrodden. And, uh, and it's like sad. swinging for like droopy. one nail. Like, it, it's not mounted properly, but it still looks kind of right, because, I mean, they already fucked up the swastika. Now, uh, in the early 30s, the Nazis became his biggest customer, and Boss began to advertise his clothing during the reign of the Third Reich as a, quote, supplier of party equipment since 1924. Capital P Party, and he, would, he wasn't providing, like, solo cups. Streamers. And, yeah. Confetti cannons. Uh, now, this advertisement, I find, is particularly damning that it's uh, very much unlikely that he actually provided any services of his Nazis, or of his, to the Nazis until 1928. Uh, so Hugo Boss was so damn proud of being a Nazi, and he knew that he could levy that and the popularity of the party in Germany at the time to make himself some damn good money, and he very, very much did. Uh, at the height of of the war, Hugo Boss was making well over a million Reichsmarks a year. Big, big, big money for the mid-century. It's a lot of cash, you know, until the entire economy of Germany collapsed. His pockets go on overload. His reign never evaporates. Uh, Well, the the good news, Tyler, if you're worried about our old friend Hugo Ferdinand Boss... Oh, he didn't uh, didn't starve to death in poverty? Oh, unfortunately, uh, or I should say, fortunately for him, no. He lived a very comfortable life until the end. Ah, oh, darn. Um, I was hoping yes. that he would have he would have died much like his uh, idol Adolf Hitler. In Argentina? Uh, no. Uh, shitting profusely in a bunker, in front of people, and uh, his wife saying, "Why are you shitting so much?" And he's like, "Can't even speak." Because he's just absolutely shitting his brains out. And then a bunch of SS officers are taking notes on his shit. Do you think uh, Hitler did escape? Yeah, I think I think Hitler escaped through the rat lines. I don't think the, so. Because the, 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 the skull that the Soviets claim is his was not Adolf Hitler's. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It, too too many of the Nazis got out. The Catholics gave them too much help. I think it is very very likely that Hitler escaped Germany and, and died in South America. Justin, that is, I don't know if he lived long, but Justin, he, I don't think he died in Berlin. Buddy, I, you're not really making a whole lot of sense because you just said that the Catholics helped them out. The Catholics they don't they don't ever let anybody bad escape any kind of justice. They don't they don't no. like hide or protect people. That commit atrocities against the most innocent of us. No, especially if they say sorry. Especially if they say, especially, actually, Justin, especially if they shut the fuck up and they never talk. Yeah. And they never talk about it and they shut the fuck up. Now, it is also worth noting uh, that in his official biography through the Hugo Boss Group website, they claim that for the order that started it all, he was, quote, likely unaware of the purposes of the shirts which we can all tell is bullshit because this would have been five years after the beer hall push yeah that, that everybody in germany knew that would be like before. saying oh this guy had no idea what he was doing and he's like yeah i just got an order for a bunch of white gowns and pointy hats like i didn't know where they were going 
and they have swastikas on them. <laughs> They're like on collars and shit. Now, uh, one of the more notable things that Hugo Boss and his organization uh, did during the war itself was something that many, many, many people in Germany did at that time, and that was taking advantage of the use of prisoner of war slave labor in their manufacturing plants. Uh, but for this, don't worry, they would eventually face legal action uh, 50 years later in, in 1999. They did lose the case, of course, uh, attempting to defend themselves with claims that their slaves were better treated than the slaves in other parts of the textile industry <laughs> in Germany at the time. Paid employees notwithstanding. Oh, man. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, it's just it's such a, an expert legal defense as well. It could have been worse. Now, I could have been it, I could have been worse. I, it's, I you know what? We didn't torture them. It's in the grounds for this. I would like to say the grounds for their their claiming uh that they were not as cruel to their slaves because that is what these people were were slaves. Uh is that he he gave a woman uh time off. Hugo Boss gave a woman time off because she had a mental breakdown. What a good guy. One moment, once. What a good Hugo, guy. Hugo Boss was like, Honey, you must get... You must get up. You must get up. Yes, Oost. queen. I Oost. take as much time here. It's focus on yourself and mental health. Oost, have you thought about going to the doctor and having him perform electric orgasm on you? So that Have you thought about getting your you clitoral severed? You can get your humors right. Because I cannot have crazy woman in my shop. So if you could, have, have you considered a lobotomy? Have you, Ooh, have oh, you, that have you thought so about nice. have you thought about what this is going to do to my business if there is a crazy woman in my shop? I need you to go get your fucking clitoris stimulated or I will send you to the fucking camps myself. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, now upon losing this lawsuit, uh, Hugo Boss, the organization, uh, was forced to issue an apology. Uh, now, this apology was for the nearly 200 people uh, whom they had enslaved in a labor camp on the property of the factory in Metzingen, uh, who ate food that was dubiously safe when they did receive it, and in hygienic conditions that can only be considered appalling by anyone's standards. Ah, Four of these laborers died in these camps, and all that Hugo Boss could muster is a limp-wristed, half-hearted apology, and that is the mold for all of these companies that took slave labor in in the Second World War. Just like we talked about with Bayer. Just like we talked about with fucking Nestle. See, Justin, what you're not thinking about, okay? You're not thinking about how much money they're making. 200 people, 4 died. That's a 98% survival rate, okay? Just saying. I mean, to be fair, that is still an A, but... <laughs> Did you just, oh to be fair... The Nazis into an A plus rating on slave treatment? Uh, it is not an A plus, Colin. <laughs> that is a hundred percent. Oh my god, you're a fucking animal. <laughs> Even Amazon uh, doesn't have a fucking hundred percent slave labor survival rate. <laughs> now, we all know how World War Two went. Uh, the however, the days of World War One. <laughs> World War One and its consequences. I still can't believe that's on their actual fucking website. It's <laughs> incredible. Now, the, the days in the immediate aftermath of the Second World War are uh, somewhat murkier for a lot of people. Um, in Central Europe, the Allied powers moved into Germany and uh, divvied it up among themselves, splitting it between uh, the occupational forces of America, France, and Great Britain at the time. They then began the long and arduous process of attempting to reduce the impact that the Nazis had had on German culture. And I do point out that this, quote, denazification process was incredibly difficult because party membership, as well as membership in Nazi party-related groups, such as the Hitler Youth, the German Labor Front, and the National Socialist People's Welfare Organization, numbered close to 45 million people. Christ. And on top of that, there were quite literally millions of building statues, monuments, swastikas, etc., that the Nazis had erected during their rule of Germany to be destroyed, defaced, or otherwise denazified. 
Now, this denazification process also st targeted specific individuals of high influence who had been associated with the party, like our old friend, one Hugo Ferdinand Boss. Hugo Boss. Almost. And I mean, I think it bears mentioning. Why like, don't you go make more garments for me? <laughs> the garments are so important for me to make because then I make money off of it, Why and I need to sell them. Right to, now? I, I need to sell them to stupid Americans who don't even know who Hugo Boss is. Me, Hugo Boss, the Nazi. Anyway, why don't you go make those garments or I will send you to the... Oh, wait, never mind. They liberated all of those. I will... I will Jesus, reduce your pay and your this hours. Is an this is an extended bit. <laughs> <clears throat> Making a cinematic now, uh, universe out of Hugo Boss. Ugh. I'm better, I'm better than fucking Marvel. Oh, the denazification really didn't do what it said on the tin. Like, nope. didn't really get any Nazis out of power. Uh, it was, like, used as justification to, like, persecute well, left-wing groups and left-wing public officials. And wow, imagine that. Every now and then they'd get, like, a big That's symbolic one. Before. Like Hugo Boss. Uh, you know, like they, oh, we got the garment maker, but we didn't get the guy who's gonna like be president. Like, yeah, oh yeah, we yeah, didn't, no, we didn't get Werner von Braun, who will current, who will make us. Oh you know, yeah, and just like and... fucking uh, Operation Paperclip, which is just its own fucking American version of a fucking not a uh, rat line, like just absolutely bald faced, just going. Yeah, we didn't have a problem with anything they did. We just thought it was more profitable to fight against them. Yeah, we like, just wanted rockets. They were allied with the people who fucked with us, so... The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, in any other circumstance, like, Nazi Germany... And like, if America hadn't been drawn into World War II and we'd stayed neutral... Um, we would be... One of our, like, greatest allies in the world would be Nazi Germany if we... Oh, hundred percent. Already, some Absolutely. sort of joined like twin empire, like it's. I mean, the Nazis took a lot of inspiration from American eugenics, and also the the largest political party in America prior to World War Two was the fucking German American Bund. Exactly. Yep. Have you guys watched the uh, shit? What was that fucking show? The Man in the High Castle. No. No, not yet. You should watch it. It's actually pretty good. Nice. Is that yeah. based on a book? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, uh, the Nazis take over the eastern half of the United States, and the Japanese take over the western half of the United States, and then Ooh, there's, like, a, a Badlands in between. It's pretty fucking good. I would suggest it. It's on Hulu. Anyone out there who's listening, also watch it. Now, uh, Hugo Boss faced trial and would claim that he only joined the party to save his business, which was a bold-faced lie. Uh, the extent of his punishment was initially quite severe. Boss's voting rights were stripped, he could no longer own a business, and he was fined 100,000 Deutschmarks, which was considered very heavy for the time. Yeah, especially in a post-war economy? Fuck yeah. That's oh, yeah. a lot of money. Absolutely. Oh yeah, jawohl. Uh, in a post-war economy that your country lost, I should say. His status as a, quote, activist, as he was uh, labeled as by the denazifiers... Uh, he would then eventually appeal that to be considered a follower of the Nazi party, which was apparently some kind of lesser evil, I suppose. Hugo Boss would die with all of his money and his son-in-law in charge of his company in 1948, just three years after the end of the Second World War. My name is Hugo Boss. This is my son, Sven Boss. Anyway, he shall be running the company from now on. Hello, my name is Sven Boss. It's son-in-law. This is my, my father-in-law, Hugo Boss. Taught me all of the son. ways I can send people to camps. Mine, mine son, you have been dating mine daughter for quite some time. Oh, then are you no, going to we, be we, getting to much raw inside of her? We are having Frog this talk. going to begin shooting your sweet cream into her milkmaid's mouth. Now, I, when I know. When will you begin to... I know one of the most important parts of starting the Come. Fourth Reich is that I need to start having babies as soon as possible. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes your daughter just doesn't get me hard. Can you help me, Mr. Boss? 
It's and then immediate immediate oh, Bruno Bass begins. Incredibly and then just Hugo Boss just throws his son in law's so cock. Fucking giving giving him that old German gloop 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 nine thousand. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm now, fucking uh, terrible. Uh, I don't know what what's what is with me tonight. I don't, I don't know, know but like this. I don't. It's, I think it's because you're so tired. <laughs> I think so. You're exhausted. Oh yeah. All right. Now, a person who underwent no denazification in post-war Europe was Coco Chanel, popularly known by that name. However, she was born uh, Gabrielle Bonheur Chanel, with her name misspelled Chasnel, in 1883. Her last name was misspelled as both of her parents were absent at her name registration um, because that was a thing that you waited to do with the child in case it fucking died. And she died of old age with her last name misspelled on all of her government forms because she was too ashamed to admit that she had been born in a poor house. Oh, you know, that's a real that's a real bad thing to, uh, to say when you're, Man. you know, one of the most expensive clothing brands ever. Oh, God, right? It's, you know, that would terribly hurt her uh, reputation as being uptight and uh, a fucking bitch anyways. Coco Chanel, more like Coco Hitler. Coco Hitler. I bet she would have married Hitler if she had the opportunity. Yeah, but she wasn't enough of a child bride. I think she was actually too old Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Coco Chanel, as she would eventually be called, learned sewing in a convent-run orphanage after her mother died and her father dispersed his children to either the care of the church or labor in the fields of France. Hello, it's your new boss, Hugo Boss. Anyway, I know you are a sewing... (laughs) Anyway. Welcome welcome to the camp. Welcome to the camp. You are now sewing my shitty... I will be your counselor, Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss, now get back to fucking work. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, by day, working as a seamstress, and after she reached adulthood by night, getting a taste for glamour, singing cabaret for French cavalry officers, Coco Chanel eventually became the mistress uh, to the heir of a textile company, one Etienne Balson. I'm gonna fucking butcher every French pronunciation. Oh my god! I bet me. that Etienne Balson. I, I bet that dude braided his fucking bush hair. I don't know what about him. Oh, yeah, and very, very neatly, too. Yeah. <laughs> Etienne began to shower her in gifts, letting her live in one of his chateaus and indulging her in a hedonistic lifestyle of, quote, human appetites, which was, <laughs> I guess, just, like, pissing on each other and, like, eating a bunch. Just eating handfuls of human shit. <laughs> human appetites. Just being a real Albert Fish every day. It's, yeah. that, uh, now, that, uh, that has the same effect of when somebody says bumpin' uglies <laughs> oh it's the horizontal monster mash oh. that one's not that that one's just kind of funny it's, I do love saying I, the it's a good one but I like s- bump, bumpin' uglies yeah we were fucking bumpin' uglies uh, 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 my, uh, my favorite worst <laughs> way to say it is rubbin' fronts rubbin' oh god love rubbin' fronts <laughs> Rubbin' Fronts is a Dave Matthews cover band. Uh, now, while living at this chateau, uh, Coco Chanel theoretically became pregnant uh, with Balsan. Uh, theoretically? Not. We. She. There is rumors that she had an illegitimate child who was then raised by her sister. Her sister later committed suicide. We have no way of confirming this, unfortunately. Because uh. the child was the Antichrist. It's all for uh, you, Etienne. Now, also, while living at this chateau, chateau, French chateau, uh, Chanel began to design hats and began a, a dream of becoming a milliner, which, as it turns out, is not someone who operates a grain mill like I had originally suspected. It means you design hats, which is also different than a haberdasher, which is just Jim Men's accessories. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's like ties and fucking belts. It's, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a Cooper. I'm, I'm a Cooper. My brother was a Hooper. It's all these. And old my brother's a Pooper. Like, like I work at a weed farm, and all these old timey job names make me wish I designed hats. Yeah, right. No, if you designed hats, you would get like get into steampunk, and then we wouldn't be able to be friends anymore. That's okay. 
It's if something is destroyed by the truth, then let it be. Destroyed. If you ever get into steampunk, I will end my friendship with you. I was I was into steampunk. No, that when I was like eleven. Yeah, that like happened. That else. that came went and passed when we were like eleven, twelve. I'm years just old. saying, if you ever rediscover it, friendship over. No, I can't. Diesel punk is where it's at, anyways. Okay, we'll talk about it, but I cannot <laughs> we'll tolerate talk. steampunk. Gabrielle eventually found funding for this millinery through an English aristocrat, friend of her lover, and also one of her lovers, one Captain Arthur Edward Boy Capel. So she's a girl boss, is what you're telling me. She's she's gaslight gatekeeping girl bossing all over France at this yeah, point. Good for she's, her. she's fucking like a Nazi Jean Luc Picard. Go off, Queen. Oh no, the Nazi comes later. Uh, like up now, and, up until uh, this point, uh, I have Captain, no problems Captain with Coco Boy. Chanel. Up until this point, I'm like, you know what? Go off. Fuck yeah. Go off, Keep queen. doing you. Go off, queen. Go off, queen. Why would you have to become a yeah. Nazi? Yeah, well, you know, that was the style at the time. It was fash. Uh, it, it was, was it was in vogue. I it forgot. was fash to be fash. <laughs> I've been trying to I've been trying to sneak that in the whole episode. Well, you you did it, buddy. Don't worry, it's gonna come back later. Awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait for the reprise. Now, Captain Boy, uh, because his nickname was Boy. Boy? Oh, God. Boy? Captain Boy. Captain Boy. Eventually set her up in a Paris apartment uh, with enough capital to begin her business. Uh, and her hats were very quickly worn by a French stage, stage actress and thus published in several fashion publications. So Chanel's brand began taking off fairly quickly and immediately had an air of expense and exclusivity. By 1919, after a brief affair with a Russian aristocrat, Chanel became a licensed couturier, and the Chanel brand, as we know it, was truly born. Now, and that is that is worth noting that at this time, the regulations on these businesses were such that Coco Chanel had to get a she had to get a license to become a milliner, and then eventually she had to get another license to make things other than hats. What, are they going to make you have a license to use your damn toaster? Um, so you're telling me I need a license to sell pants? I would love to see Coco Chanel at the Libertarian presidential debate. That would, oh I would fucking come for hours. Oh and then she God. just starts like sewing in just Nazi this shit. old <laughs> French Nazi whore just fucking gabbing her jaw. While all these fucking reedy little pedophiles stare on in horror. In horror, they'd love it. No, they'd be so frightened because of how hard they were. It, it, their dicks would start popping. It, the it, to them, this is like if Ayn Rand came back from the dead. Oh, Ayn Rand. It's the only reason Ayn Rand should come back to the dead is so we can put her back again. Fucking yeah, there's nope. Ayn Rand, and then there's fucking. Have you got great value, Ayn Rand, Laura Loomer? Dude, value I got a fucking I'm gonna get a folding chair and a shovel and I'm gonna sit on top of fucking Ayn Rand's grave every night for the rest of my life to make sure that bitch never comes back she comes out of there I'm fucking knocking her on her ass and digging the hole back up make sure you grab some garlic so she stays in the hole I, I got a big fucking I got a big star of David Oh, Colin's gonna make sure she stays in the hole. He's very good at that. Talk in length about brutalizing female author. Chanel's story is complicated in and of itself, so we're gonna skip over a bit and head right into the meat of World War II and her involvement as a double agent for the Nazis. Uh, now, there are some who claim that just because we've got such paltry evidence as records that Coco Chanel was truly a spy for the Allies, which I think we can shoot down fairly handily as a theory due to her post-war financial support of General Walter Schellenberg, the head of Nazi intelligence, after he was eventually released from his Nuremberg Tribunal sentence due to liver failure. Hmm. What happened next? We can't keep uh, him well, in prison. Well, she paid He's for his living and medical fast. expenses uh, until he died, and then she paid for his funeral, and then she paid for his family to live until, until she died. Hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, Coco Chanel's Nazi involvement began about as soon as it possibly could. Uh, as soon as the Nazis started rolling into Paris and beginning their occupation, Chanel immediately closed her shop, citing patriotic reasons, 
uh, and moved into the Hotel Ritz along with the German Occupation Command, where she began another torrid affair with a German baron. So she oo-wooed a bunch of Nazis? Yeah. Oh. Why? Now, uh, surprisingly, or should I say totally unsurprisingly, Chanel, because she had plenty of money and influence, faced absolutely none of the backlash that other French women did for so-called horizontal collaboration. Bumpin' uglies with the enemy. Bumpin' uglies. It's, or as the Germans would say, bumpin' uglies. Oh, oh, oh. we are Because it's got a new mouth. Oh, we are bumping uglies. Oh. Oh. sound Irish. Uh, it's a little bit, yeah. My, um, my name Hugo Boss. <laughs> now Chanel's most infamous infamous exploit uh, as a Nazi double agent was one Operation Modulhut, uh, or in English, model hat. Oh God. Oh my God. Yeah. Like they uh, okay. Where... They they need to step it up on their fucking operations names. German operation names are fucking lame as hell. They, they were pretty boring. Operation Paperclip. Operation Barbarossa. Operation, okay, Midnight. Well, Barbarossa operation, was a great name, but it was also a total failure. As we all but know, it's a the, good best, name. That's the, best, the best operation ever. Operation Midnight Climax. Well, that's Operation Midnight Climax is probably Best funny. name ever. I do like... Well, what did they name the proposed, uh, the proposal to blow up the moon? Oh my god, I don't remember. It was, that was pretty dumb too. Anyways, um, now this plan, Operation Modulhut, uh, where it was one where she was to act as an agent of the Abwehr, the German intelligence service, and to create a paper trail of peace talks between the SS and the Allies when the war began to favor the Allies, inevitably. This was to be done in concert with fellow German agent and lover, once again, Baron Hans Gunther von Dinklitsch. Under her request, surprisingly, an Italian woman named Vera Bate Lombardi was also recruited, possibly to act as a courier, unwittingly, and also theoretically because Coco Chanel was in love with her. We know this because of Nazi records that claim that she had lesbian tendencies, uh, particularly towards this Lombardi woman. Oh. Yes. Uh, now, the plan was a harebrained scheme proposed by none other than Coco Chanel herself to her superior, Walter Schellenberg, the man who she financially supported until the end of his life, in which Chanel would persuade Winston Churchill, a man with whom she already had a personal relationship, to at least open up negotiations with the Nazis again. Now, the mission, uh, as is or totally expected when you put a fucking fashion designer in charge of espionage, was a terrible failure, as Vera Lombardi, an unknowing patsy at first, discovered the true allegiances of her companions and outed them both to the British Embassy in Madrid as German double agents. Good for her. After the war. Good for her. Yes, good for her. R.I.P. Jessica Walter. R.I.P. Forever in our hearts. Oh, yeah. After the war, Chanel was brought to trial by French collaboration courts, however, was freed as they could apparently find no documentation to support evidence of her collaboration. Now, we know now that this is because of the intervention of Winston Churchill. However, the depth and motivations of his interference are still a mystery. The only things that we know today about it are due to declassification of documents from French intelligence agencies. What an awful bitch. Glad she's dead. Yeah, just what a what a fucking stupid motherfucker. However, despite being as much of a stupid motherfucker as she was, Coco Chanel remains a name among the other fashion giants of today, like Gucci, Versace, and Prada. However, unlike Chanel, these brands in particular take much more influence from the aesthetics of fascism, particularly the fascism of Mussolini's Italy. After the black shirts marched on Rome, Mussolini began the process of manufacturing a unified Italian identity through propaganda, aesthetic control, and careful consideration of give and take with the other movements present in Italy at the time, such as a burgeoning feminist movement. He did so while still doing his damnedest to retain an iron fist of control over the state of Italy. And that's all, like, very, um... It's very... 
interesting that those are like the like the specific points um, that uh, that that we're covering in regards to this fascism, uh, fashion and fascism, and that Umberto Eco also kind of covers in his essay or fascism, where he talks about how like hierarchy has to be reinforced in fascism and how oftentimes like the surface ideology is one of social reform, like the co-opt feminism of Mussolini's Italy. Um, mm-hmm. That it's like, it's not real. It's like, it's like a sheep dipping effect that they're, they're trying to put their foot in the door as progressives, but ones that um, higher ups who also reinforce that hierarchy aren't afraid of they're not worried about like a socialist government that's going to take away their assets or you know expropriate their funds because they know that they're just as right wing as they are exactly now through state control of fashion publications for example the italian fascist regime pushed the look of the new italian woman exemplified by rustic italian clothing like chandelier earrings and full skirts la nuova italiana as it was known culturally, uh, was uh, almost an attempt at ruralization to uh, return women to the idea of, of the homestead uh, for baby making uh, exclusively because boy oh boy does fascism cost a lot in human lives and those barracks aren't going to fill themselves. Gotta have Eventually, a lot of babies. It's gotta be a lot, tons of babies. A lot of babies. Oh, I love so many babies. So much of the baby. So many of them. Oh, a little baby linguini. Now, eventually, this control of the fashion industry expanded from just the publications to the creation of an entire bureau in the Italian government itself, the ENM, or the National Fashion Board of Italy. Now, making pushes to, quote, buy Italian, the Italian government touted rayon, a more locally accessible alternative to French silk clothing, as the textile of independence. Does anybody, anybody else smell freedom fries? Yep. I smell freedom fries. Rayon is a pretty great material, though. It's not a bad material by any stretch of the imagination, but we can add, there's there's a very clear comparison. Oh, it is absolutely freedom fries. The same bullshit that our government pulled in the early 2000s when we were beginning our war in Afghanistan and Iraq. Oh, and still pull because they say, oh, make sure you buy American cars, and 80% 80 of uh, the Ford F-150 is built outside the U.S., and currently the most american-made truck is a toyota is it is it the tacoma yeah and it's a way better truck Uh, yeah now despite the public denunciation of feminism and the forced cult of motherhood of the italian fascists they co-opted the look of a movement of working Italian women, which was associated with a pre-fascist movement which had existed to represent rural and working Italian women in order to shift the focus from a labor perspective to a nationalistic perspective. And this is something that we are going to see over and over and over again in these fascist countries from Mussolini's Italy to Franco's Spain to Germany's, uh, uh, or Hitler's Germany I actually don't know that much about fascist Sweden in World War II, but I would like to look into it. Now, lastly, despite the public support from the Italian government of La Nuova Italiana, Mussolini actually did everything that he could to undermine the voting and working rights of women in all of Italy while still parading this symbol to his own ends. The populist nature of fascism requires the co-option of of these working class movements because fascism understands that it requires the support or at least the initial support of the working class people i mean not every every political system understands that to some degree or another that you you need to have the people on the ground at the very least superficially on your side and this was a very easy way for Mussolini to attempt to push that aesthetic and that lifestyle that the Italian fascist regime regime needed in order to maintain that iron control over all of Italy. Yes, I mean, it's, it's like we talk about, like it's giving an identity to people that don't really have one. It's like 
people who are so disconnected from like who they are and what they used to be like in Germany through like the economic depravity that they saw like after the first world war and like the, the national humiliation where it's like what does it even mean to be German if you're German that means you're a loser you lost um, you know you're evil you were stupid you were foolhardy like you don't you're children even though you're an adult you're being treated like a child on an international stage and being being a nazi and having that like blood that that inherent part of you that you couldn't change and like you didn't actually earn but that you can now use you can use this as the coagulant you form the identity around it and then you know that makes that that makes you better than other people even and then it makes it even easier because you feel that superiority to narrow in on that one minority, you know, the, the case of like the Nazis, Jews, and, and uh, uh, Slavs, and like anybody they saw as like ethnically inferior. Um, and then the Italian fascism was mostly more about that like Roman idea of like domination and like soft integration to an extent, but still out of like a nod to the Nazis kind of in, like incorporated uh, that anti-Semitism. Uh, and obviously a lot of the, the issues they had with uh, the travelers um, because, you know, they're just cultural history and biases. Yeah, it's... I mean, fascism is, is... The aspects of it are different in the different places where it is, but it is still very much the same movement, and it needs to be. In order for it to work, it's yeah, it's 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 hyper maniacal fingers into the aspects of our it's lives. It's hyper regional, like that's why like the Nazis can be like those neo pagan atheists who believe in like you know man is God and can boost themselves to the level of the God, um, versus like um, you know Mussolini's rather just like completely atheist, not really neo like neo pagan, just like that kind of Roman aesthetic, and then Franco is like hyper Catholic and everything is Christ and the Church. And this like, eat like more. It's like it's a it's a tradition. It's like that medieval tradition, that Inquisition tradition. Just like, um, you know, Germany is drawing on like when the Gaul were like a thing in the world that could really fuck you up, um, and Italy obviously with Rome. Like it's that that return to like this romanticized period to create an identity that never existed, um, based on assumptions that oftentimes are completely ahistorical and untrue it's just it's just enough to get somebody fucking excited about stomping somebody to death no it's 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 not about you know the true teutonic history or anything like that it's about wagner and swastikas and the pageantry of it exactly all. it's all it's all aesthetic it all has to be so much more grand and so much more like elaborate because there is such little substance behind it there's really no like ideological core like they have obviously like party ideals and there's like zealots and people who are just you know party liners because they know it's profitable and like everybody in between but like there's really not much even the zealots like if you interrogate their beliefs they're fucking like three inches deep there's no depth there it is like a nothing it is all based on aesthetics it's all based on self-validation not 100 percent well, that, kind listeners, is exactly why we here think that Coco Chanel, Hugo Boss, and, unsurprisingly, Benito Mussolini are some of the worst in the industry. <laughs> hot take. It's a, it's a scalding hot, hot, hot take. take. Super hot take. Benito Mussolini, possibly bad. Pos- maybe? What about the trains, Maybe. though? I've heard they, they ran, ran on, on time. time. Oh, man, you know what? I hear great things about those you fucking know, trains. They ran on time so i mean what more could you want they're, yeah, that, they're that just fascists forgives, forgives everything else that they do yep yeah yeah all right well thank you for tuning in and listening once again yep and uh, uh, we always appreciate it weird thing to shout out but big shout out to uh last podcast on the left for rolling through we saw the show it was great we went to the live show yeah thanks for coming to detroit it was a great it was time. a lot of fun we had a, a great time we know you're not listening we know you're not listening anyways. but loved it a great, great time. time later folks all right all thank right. you again yeah kisses um,
you catch us on the the socials they'll be up in the episode description uh go ahead and if you have a terrible work experience malicious compliance uh any sort of just OSHA bullshit violations. boss you've ever had to deal with osha violations that you've been told to sweep under the rug frame ladders man, just any son of a bitch anything bad exactly. that happened at work just let us know it'll be fun yeah let us know. Let us know if we can talk about it on the show, and we would love to talk about it on the and show. And even if we can't talk about it on the show, we would still love to read it. Yeah. We, yes, absolutely. We appreciate you appreciating us, appreciating you. Alright. Well, this will be the first episode of this week. Second episode is going to be coming out in a couple days, and you'll see it then. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Kisses. Bye.